Hey, this is Josh Howard, and you're listening to the Forgotten Math Podcast. Yeah, Forgotten Mavericks. Huh. Forgotten Mavericks. Yeah, Forgotten Mavericks. Yeah, Forgotten Mavericks. Let's get it. Hey, this is Mike Frailer, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Forgotten Maverick Podcast. My guest for this episode is Bill Curley, a 6'9 forward from Boston College who played for the Mavs early in the 2000-2001 NBA season. Today, he is the head men's basketball coach at Emerson College in Boston. Thanks for listening, and now here's Bill Curley. Hi, Bill. Hello. Hi, how are you doing tonight? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for thanks for calling in. I apologize if my audio isn't great. I'm actually running on a uh, a different computer and a different a different microphone. Um, I couldn't get my usual one up and running, so I'm, I'm using a different one. But uh, it should be able to work fine. No problem. I can hear you fine. Okay, great. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Well, I just want to say thank you for for joining. Um, this, this podcast episode tonight, and uh, I'm excited just to learn more about you and about your your basketball journey. I'm a, uh, a lifelong Dallas Mavericks fan, and uh, I've just been over the past year and a half catching up with really anyone who's ever played for the team, and um, you know, I'm a diehard fan. I know your, your, your stint here was pretty short, but I do remember you on the team back, back in uh, 2000, and uh, I'm just excited to learn more about your, your basketball story. Okay. So, one of the um, one of the first things that I like to ask any former NBA player um, that I'm having a conversation with is just I know you grew up in the in the Boston area. What got you started in the game of, of basketball? What initially attracted you to the sport? Uh, probably my my family growing up in in the heart of uh, the Celtics. You know, growing up in Boston and having having my uh, I got a pretty big family. My dad and uncles and my mom's brothers and uncles or brothers, they all um they all played so just sports fans out here in Boston and had a had a great team to, to root for and great tradition that, that you kinda <clears throat> kinda grew up dreaming about. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure that was a, an exciting time to be growing up and, and be a Celtics fan. Um during your high school career in Duxbury, were there any um future NBA players that you were playing against or did you have like a uh, a big time local rival during during your high school career um it's <laughs> funny kind of we didn't have the greatest league but we did uh we played Eric Bronson in the um state championship game oh wow yeah uh, he played at Temple and played in the league for, for several years so we did. We did play against one other, so to give a little bit of credibility. But we, I wouldn't say we had that the, the best high school league to play against. But we had some some solid players. Um, I know you graduated from from Duxbury. What was the recruiting process that led you to to go to Boston College? Did you intend on staying staying local um, for your collegiate career? Um, I really didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I just. Boston being a big, a big pro sports town, mm-hmm. you know, never really thought about college, you know, until, uh, 
you, you grew up dreaming of the Celtics and yeah. you know, then it started getting realizing you're pretty good. And that, that's, you know, right when I could kind of remember playing, I remember watching Patrick Ewing at Georgetown and then you start to kind of, okay, well, there's a local kid and you, you start to follow that and kind of get into to the college game and with the big East around here. Um, but never really had feelings either way for, for anything, uh, any particular school or conference, except for, for just, you know, following Patrick Ewing in the Big East. And then, um, so out of, out, of, out of high school, you know, I just kind of, I was pretty much open and hadn't really left the Boston area much. Mm-hmm. So I took a couple visits and in the end it came down to, to I think um, <clears throat> I wanted to be in the Big East. I went out to, to Michigan, Notre Dame for, for visits and just, you know, being out there, it's like, oh, I don't know if I could be that far away from the ocean. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And and then he just, you know, but I had no idea until I got there. You know, I just I just didn't see myself out there. And then when I went to to UConn and and Villanova, and you know, my last three visits, those three with with BC, were okay. This is this feels more comfortable. And you know, you just look at it, and, and BC, you know, you're in a great city. It's a it's a great school. We had a, a great coach, and it it, it it you're playing in a great conference. So it, it was a, a slam dunk. To be able to get there, but it was uh, it was a tough call between between the other two Big East schools and, and in particular UConn. Well, I mean, I think you you made the right decision. You know, I've been doing um, some research on you over the past couple of days, and um, I know you had a very successful collegiate career, making it all the way to the Elite Eight in 1994. Um, what are some of your? Do you have any like any memories that stand out about about that magical run during your senior year at BC? Um, well, we, we had arrived at BC. I'd say we, we, we had three other kids in my, my class, three other players, Howard Adley, Malcolm Huckman, and Gerard Abram, that uh, we came in together and basically were thrown into the fire as freshmen playing in the Big East. So the, the four of us were, were starting from our freshman year. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not a, that wasn't a great conference at the time, you know, when you, when you to, to do that for. I mean, it was great for players, but you're going up as a freshman going up against Morning and Matumbo and <laughs> you're 200 pounds trying to go against those guys and then you got Avon and you just go down the league Billy Owens I mean it was it was an incredible league and to, to just get our our uh, trial by fire there was was tough and then we took our lumps but we were able to to hang in there and learned a lot and stuck together so we were really excited going to senior year um we got off to a pretty good start, had a couple of disappointing losses, but we were right there. We felt we could play with anybody. And, you know, going to the Big East tournament, we were we were pretty pumped up. And um, we got shellacked by Georgetown in the first round there. And uh, <laughs> so it was, it was pretty negative after that, you know, when we left New York and um, waiting to see if we are going to get in a tournament and then, I just remember just being a real negative feeling about the whole program and the, and the campus at the time. My whole, mm-hmm. Even if they get in, you know, they, they're going to be one and done. And maybe they win one. They got North Carolina. They, they have no chance of beating them. And, and so it, it was great to, to, um, to want to be a part of the, the NCAA tournament for our first time. And then two, just to, to get away from campus and, and get down into the, uh, into Maryland for, for practicing and, you know, I get away from it and just was just a team and just kind of refocused. And, you know, we just kind of caught lightning in a bottle. 
Well, yeah, it looks like it was a, a magical run. And I believe it was just last month that you guys all had a reunion and, you, and your, your BC jersey was retired, correct? Uh, it was, correct. That's, uh, yeah, I saw some, some footage of that online. That must have been a, a special evening for, for you and your family. Um, what was it like getting to reunite with, the, with a lot of your teammates? Or do you guys all still keep in touch regularly? Uh, well, that's the beauty of technology nowadays. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a lot easier than just a phone call away. You know, your your text, your your video call, whatever. And yeah, we 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 had a great relationship, and we 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 battled through the years, and then stuck together. And you, you have a a bond that that you know, no matter even if you don't talk for a few years, it's, it's like you you start up right from from the get go, like you never had any time pass. So. You know, that was probably the best part about it, to, to have the whole team back together. We had a few guys that, that were working and couldn't get there, but um, it was it was great to get everyone back into the building again. It looked like it was, a, like I said, just a special evening for you and the program and your family. So I'm happy for you in that regard. Um, that's quite a, something to celebrate. So congratulations on that. So I know you, your BC career wraps up in 94. And um, you're getting ready for for the '94 NBA draft. I'm I'm curious. Um, heading into the draft, what what were your expectations? You had a pretty stellar career at BC, so I'm just kind of curious what what your mindset was and your expectations heading into the the '94 NBA draft. Um, I don't even know to tell you the truth. It, it was <laughs> it was all coming. You're just so excited because of something you dreamed of as a little kid. And to uh, and to, to to now be so close to to, to be able to, to to see that there might be a chance that you could draft it, and just just a lot of excitement and and um, just just waiting with anticipation. You know, I think it's just that 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 moment that you you grew up, you know, just dreaming about. You know, you're gonna get to play against the best players in the world and and compete, see how good you are, and so a lot of excitement and just just couldn't wait to get going. Absolutely. I'm sure that was an exciting time. Um, so I know you're in, in the draft, you were selected by the Spurs, but eventually made your way to Detroit for your rookie year. And on that team was another rookie by uh, the name of Grant Hill. So, you know, you got to play with a lot of legendary players in your NBA career, Grant being one of them. Um, what was your experience like as a, as a rookie in Detroit, uh, playing alongside Grant Hill, Joe Dumars, um, you know, the, the Pistons weren't too far removed from the Isaiah Thomas era and everything like that. So I'm just kind of curious um, what, what some of your memories are, are from your from your rookie year. Again, just a lot of excitement, you know, a new chapter in your life. Um, just again, it, it, it's it's something it, you, your dream come true and then it kind of becomes a nightmare with injuries. And, yeah. you know, you, you don't care about anything. You just want a chance to play and you know, with Dumars there, that they won titles and they had played for championships and playing with guys like Grant Hill, that that, that the winners that that you want to be a part of and and you want to play for that 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 championship. And uh, so a lot of excitement from that part, and you know, injuries just kicked in, and so it became a battle just trying to get healthy. And um, it was it took a little different turn than you expected, but but it was you know learned a lot, you know, and you. you try to just keep grinding away and and just say you just just got to get healthy and and learn and and you know see see what kind of game it is everyone's out there tremendous players and 
diff, different scouting reports and, and whatnot and different coaches from all walks of life. So, you know, you, you, you try to learn as much as you can and, and uh, get your body back to where you, where you can go out and compete. I know, and I know, you know, speaking of those injuries, after your rookie year, you spent the next two full seasons on the injured list before uh, just, like I said, yeah, two full seasons. Um, and you, I think you kind of touched on it briefly before, but, you know, as a, as a young player, what's, what's going through your mind? I mean, like you said, injuries just really took a toll on you at that point. Well, it's just that the stubborn Irish in me where you, you're trying <laughs> to uh, – you have your goal, you know, it just, just, it wasn't enough to, you didn't dream about just getting to the NBA. You dreamed about winning a championship and playing and being a, a big contributor and getting out there and proving yourself. And so, you know, it didn't quite go that way. And, you know, I had an opportunity as long as they, they said I could still come to work every day and I was going to do everything I could in my power to, mm-hmm. uh, to get there. And I probably, maybe I punished myself because it's like, well, you're not on the court. You shouldn't be doing this or that. So just trying to, everything I could was just focused on trying to get healthy and, and, and get stronger so I could get back on that, that, that floor and, and compete. I know you were able to come back and finally saw the court again in, uh, in 98 when you were with, with the Timberwolves. Um, what was that like for you once you, once you were able just to play in a game again? I'm sure that, I mean, that's obviously quite an accomplishment going through all the, the rehab and, and everything, get, getting yourself back to your, where you're able to, to get back to playing. Do you remember that first game back after such a lengthy, lengthy time away? Um, I don't know if I remember the exact game, but I just remember just, just where you can get back on the court practicing and, and uh, just, just to get out there, just so that you could gradually get to the point where you could get out and help your teammates win a game and, and compete. And, and it was um, it was it was great to be there, but I knew I had a lot of work to go because you missed two full years, and it just yeah. wasn't clicking. Your body wasn't working the way you wanted to, so you had to try to find a way to to, to make it so you can compete and adapt, so you could get out there and and play. And and the first thing you realize is I I wasn't I didn't get drafted because I could could jump to the moon or, or run faster than anybody. I got drafted because I. I knew how to play the game and I was skilled. So I had to try to, to not try to do things I couldn't and just try to help the team, make my teammates better and make the game easier for them to play. And so that's what I, I was focusing on, just trying to, to establish yourself back. And um, it, it definitely plays game, it play, plays, <clears throat> plays mind games with you when, you when you're fighting back and you, you don't have a sound body with, with these guys that, that are, flying up and down and can do some incredible things but you know that's that's the challenge and everything's nothing's ever going to be perfect and you got to try to work the kinks out and, and find a way to fit in and so I was trying to do my best well I mean I think it's pretty impressive that that you were you know fought through that and were able to get back and and play um play again you know for the Timberwolves before you moved on to some other places in your career um I know before you came to to Dallas, you had a couple of other stops in Houston, and then you know a couple of stops with the Warriors. Um, but you know, looking at like the caliber of the players that you played with, you know, I met, I mentioned Grant Hill earlier. You played with Kevin Garnett, um, Hakeem Olajuwon in Houston. 
Um, for those three guys, did you, or especially for Garnett and Olajuwon, do you have any memorable interactions or memories, any like funny anecdotes you wouldn't mind sharing, even though your time with them wasn't too long, just anything that, that sticks out? Uh, I just, as, as a student of the game and someone that just, just loved, it was, it was just interesting to be able to, to learn and see how these guys go about their business. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, the neat thing about Elijah Wan was, was here's this guy that, that MVP won titles. And, you know, we didn't really practice too hard there. It was like, okay, walk through in Houston and took about 20 minutes. But then after, you know, Elijah on the dreams they're playing, playing one-on-one and running suicides. You know, everyone's staying to get their work in. It wasn't so much the coach, okay, we're going to do this, this, this. It's like, okay, be a professional and get what you have to be done um, <clears throat> to, to be prepared. And, and with KG, you know, I, I just love him to death just because there's a guy that, you know, played 48 minutes a game or whatnot, and the next day at 9 in the morning, He's that same player you saw the night before with that energy. You know, that's probably maybe one of his greatest gifts was how his, his natural energy he had. And every day in practice, he showed up and 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 was ready to go. It wasn't a day off. He might have been dragging, but then once that ball started bouncing, you know, he was flying around the court. And that's not hard to do, especially when you're playing all those games and, and all those minutes every day. And, and, you know, that's why he's been so successful. And you look at the guys that have had great careers and, you know, that they, they just work hard and, and they're winners. And, you know, it, it's interesting now where I'm coaching at Emerson College and we have a lot of a lot of teams come through and use our gym because we're where we're located in Boston. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see the guys that – the teams that are successful versus the teams that aren't um, – aren't so successful and the players that, that, that are very successful. And, you know, it's, um, you know, like, like LeBron last year, when he came in, this is right before the all-star break, he's going hard for two hours, uh, in practice, you know, the day after a game playing 40 something minutes, it's eight championships in a row and he's still practicing hard. And then, uh, other guys will come in. They just want to keep their shoes inside and sit up, sit down and, and watch. And yeah, everybody needs a day off, but you can see these, these, these great players that, that have that mentality. And, you know, even though I was at Dallas for a few months, you know, with, with Dirk and Nash there, you know, those guys on game days, you know, we're in there shooting, we're, we're down at the, at the practice gym and they're out riding bikes, lifting and then getting a ton of shots up. This is before the game, you know, mm-hmm. this is in the morning and then they show up for the games. And so it's not hard to, uh, see see why why great players are great yeah i wanted to you know touch more on your mavericks experience so thank you for kind of segueing into that i know you were traded here in the summer of 2000 in one in a very big trade four teams uh several players probably one of the biggest trades in nba history at that point that you were involved in i'm just curious like i'm curious learning players trade stories like how they found out they were traded their reaction to it so do you remember how you found out about that particular trade and uh and that you were coming your thoughts on coming to dallas at all at that point in your career uh well we had just finished a um i was playing with the warriors in the uh summer league the la summer league there Mm -hmm. and um Play. I thought I had a pretty good summer league. Played pretty well, especially we played the, the Dallas uh, maybe three or four times that week, and thought I had a pretty good good camp or whatever. And um, I was actually at my mother's 50th birthday party, um, 
back here in Boston when when uh, I got the call sitting as a big trade and that you know they I was going to be involved in it and you know I hadn't had a contract at the time but they thought that was great news yeah you're going to sign for the year whatever and then get to play and you know I was excited as all heck because I got the I was going to get to play with Howard Isley again. So, yeah, I was so going to ask you about that. That, yeah. that. that was a great bonus for me. Um, and I was starting to get, trying to starting to get my my body back together a little bit, where I could start to do things. You know, it was a, a slow improvement. wasn't the best. Still had to fight through things, but it, it wasn't taking. You know, it just took a long time to to get loose and get going. But once I did, I could could, could do it a little bit better. And uh, so I was starting to feel excited and just just you know I just had to get over this hump. So I, I was real excited and, and to hear some great things. You know, you know I think that was right when uh, maybe a year or two right after the Mark bought bought the team and yes. you know Nelly they're they're getting everything going again and get putting a lot of lot of buzz to it and a lot of excitement. So. Um, it, it was it was a great time for me. Well, yeah, that's cool to hear. Yeah, you, um, that was actually Mark Cuban had had purchased the team the pre, about midway through the previous season. So this was his first full year of owning the team. So once you once you got here, once you arrived here, um, what what are your your memories of, of that training camp here in Dallas? Because you're right, it was uh, the Mavs had finished the previous season on a strong note. Um, things were, you know, somewhat exciting um, around the team. You know, they, you know, they were expected to make a playoff push or at least take a big step in the right direction. So, so what are some of your your memories of uh, that training camp under under Don Nelson? Uh, it was. I was just loving it. You know, just again, I thought I was moving better than I had in in several years. And first training camp I was really going to have a, a great great attempt at you know the we had the lockout the year before and and uh or two years before that so i'm just feeling starting to get my feet back underneath me a little bit i thought so uh just excited and and to, to, to be there with, with bradley and and Nathan and those guys and you know howard and and, and everything it, it was just fantastic and, and to play for for Nelly there to uh, just to see how he worked, and by that time I played so many different coaches that you know that was part of the fascinating part for me. You know, another opportunity to learn more about the game and and to get going, and uh, so so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a, a fun time in uh, in Dallas, and you got to see you you alluded to it earlier, just the work ethics of Nowitzki and Nash, and um, which I thought was uh, was pretty cool, and obviously Michael Finley too was the the all-star at the time. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, I, I think I've done a couple of other episodes uh, of this show with some of your, your Maverick teammates from that team. Um, I think the only two I've actually talked to to date from that team are Atan Thomas and Gary Trent, but I did do episodes with them as well. Okay. And now I play every, every time after practice, you know, we have great one-on-ones, uh, with Leitner, Atan, uh, Bradley, Dirk, and, that's kind of we kind of joke about it but it's funny that, that that's right when I got cut we were playing and Dirk was playing and he tried to try to go up and do an up and under and I kind of put my hand down and he's like oh my arm like dripping out of us. like my arm falls out the next day I basically get cut so oh. <laughs> 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 you, gotta, you gotta watch out who you play with but yeah. no it, it was um 
it, it was just awesome because you just had a bunch of hoop rats, you know, late night yeah. every day playing one-on-one after, after uh, practice and, you know, just from all different spots. And, and the coaching staff, it was fantastic. So, again, it, it was another opportunity for me to learn and, and to observe and, and see what's going on and, and a chance to compete. And, you know, I wish I could have stayed a little longer, but uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That was a an exciting season um, for for Maverick fans. After you know the '90s were not very kind to the franchise, so it was a, an exciting time. Was there any um, significance behind your jersey number of 31 while you were here? Um, I wore that my sophomore year in high school. So, you know, obviously, Brad Davis had had 15 retired. That you know that that was my number. That number of choice, but. Uh, yeah, I went back to the 31 that I had in high school. So that was probably the the biggest thing, creature of habit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I was just I was curious about that. Um, so I know that was you. You were released um, pretty early that season. Caught back on with the Warriors for a little while, but that was your you know your final NBA stretch there. Um, and so you your professional career ended fairly early, you know, 28, 29 years old. Um, what, what spurred you into, into coaching once, once your playing days ended or were you trying to get back? I believe you tried, maybe had a tryout with the Knicks. I think at one point I was doing some research. I did see that. I've gone back to, I think Minnesota's camp or maybe Golden State the year after and went to a couple summer camps. And again, I just trying to get healthy. And I, I thought we kind of, you know, I, I had one summer where I really got cranking up again. Like I hadn't moved in like a decade, I think, since high school. Oh, wow. And I just, I just couldn't maintain it. Um, you know, you just always want to keep the dream alive and, and keep playing and make sure that you did everything you possibly could to get back out there and Absolutely. um and, and, and try to win. You know, you, you, you play to compete and win, and, and that, that was – always been my goal and I think you know you grow up in Boston and you see all the, the banners when you walk in the garden and that's what you play for and, and anything else is just like you know it takes care of itself if, if, if you can get out there and win and so that's that 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 was the hard part until they're going to say no more for you you know I was going to keep going until they said that and um, mm-hmm. they said it in and, and more <laughs> ways than one and but 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 you know, you, you got to realize the opportunity you have and, and try to take it. And even though I wasn't playing, you know, I, I hanging out with the video guys and watching cut tape and, you know, what are these coaches looking at when they're breaking down film? And so I try to, you know, I wasn't playing, but I really try to pick up and, and learn from what these coaches were doing and how they were going about their business and ask as many questions as I could. And, you know, that, that kind of figured, okay, well, I, like basketball, you know, see if I can stay in it some way and, um, you know, just, just evolved into the coaching part of it. That's uh, that's really neat to hear. And um, so I know you, within the last few years, you started coaching at, at Emerson. That was your, their first head coaching position, correct? Um, in the, at the college ranks, I was a high school coach for, for several years. Um, and when I when I first I took advantage of the opportunity I had that that I didn't have to go run around like crazy you know I wanted to be around my family it was important to stay close to them and why they were while my kids were young and so I was helping out at several different high schools and then I was able to, to, to 
get a high school job, a head coach, and then uh, my former college coach took over Emerson, and I said, sure, I'd happily jump on board with a, with a guy that, that's won Big East and Big Ten titles and been to the Final Four and here. Let me see what it's like to really coach a college team and, and the different aspects, and and uh, have have been there since. Yeah, that's right. I did read that you uh, initially started – as an assistant under your former college coach. I bet that was a, a great experience for you. Um, how, how did your most recent season, how did this past season go at Emerson? I, I actually, I meant to look that up earlier and I just uh, kind of lost track of time. Well, this, this was our, our, our best season to date. You know, we won our league championship. And the first time we were, um, we were able to get a team, a, a, any team from um, an Emerson basketball team got to the NCAA tournament. So. We were we were pretty pumped. We we played with a lot of freshmen, and so this has been our most successful year yet. And and I uh, had a, a really good year. We lost a lot, but in the end, we we gelled at the right time, and we were able to to, to make a great tournament run. I had great support from the school, and just had a great atmosphere. So a lot a lot of fun this year, and I think the future looks pretty bright bright here at Emerson right now. Well, that's good to hear, and congratulations on a on a good season. Um, you know, making the 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 tournament's always an accomplishment. So congratulations to you and your program. Well, thank you. Um, I think I just have one last question and thank you so much, Bill, for your time. You know, I always appreciate talking to former Dallas Mavericks and I enjoy it just as a fan. So I always end it with a little bit of trivia. Um, and so right now what I'm actually looking at is the opening day roster for the Dallas Mavericks in 2000, 2001. So the season that you were here, there's um, 15 names on the roster, including you. And so um, what I'm looking for is the 14 other names. I wanted to see how many of them you can name based on, on your memory from uh, over 18 years oh. ago now. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Hubert several Davis. of them already. Hubert Davis. Yeah. You know, John Bradley, you know, they, the big ones were Easy Leitner and Finley and Dirk and Nash and Isley. Um, uh, Eton, um, Ed, Nahara, yeah, uh, Don Dontrell, um, was it Willis? I'm trying to think. The kid from Florida there. Oh, Donna Harvey. Donna Harvey. Donna yeah. Harvey. There you go. So you got that? four. You got four more. I have four more. Oh, we had Corey Alexander. Correct. Yeah. Uh, who else do we have? You had a guard and a couple more. Uh, a couple uh, bigs, four, right? A couple bigs. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think. I thought I had. We had a bunch of rookies. I know. Oh, my mind's going blank right now. Let me, <laughs> let me think. Uh, you got me. You got me stumped. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So you got Greg Buckner? Buckner, yes. Buckner, that's right. <laughs> Gary Trent? Gary Trent. And Lloyd right. Vaught. Lloyd Vaught, of course, Lloyd. That's right. How did I forget? I knew that's silly of me. <laughs> silly of me. I knew those two guys. Lloyd was... Very good. I was with Gary at uh in in Portland, so yeah, and Minnesota for, for that matter. Yeah. So um, 
Well, uh, flippage. I'm getting, I'm getting old. <laughs> you did pretty good though. I mean, you'd be surprised whenever I do these, I've done about 35 or 40 of these episodes and uh, this is typically how I like to end it. And some guys do pretty well. And, you know, I would put you in that category and some guys don't really remember much of anything. So it's always fun just seeing how, how they do though. Well, that, that, that's pretty good. But I can't, I, I forgot the easy one. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot those ones. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak to me tonight, Bill. And uh, I hope you enjoy your off season and uh, have a, just have a good rest of the week and weekend and everything. So thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you.